Welcome back to Elevate Overtime. I'm Michael, the teaching pastor for Elevate Community Fellowship, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Today's overtime session is Try God's Grace. And as always, if you haven't listened to the original conversation, you need to go back and do that because today is extra special. We've got a number of guests that are joining us in this conversation, including my special guest and friend, Laura McCormick. We talked about God's grace and how it impacts our lives in a very, very real way. And today's conversation hits at a very, very deep level. So I encourage you today to listen close, to lean in, maybe grab a box of tissues because it's gonna impact you in a way that you may have not been impacted before. It's a Zoom conversation that I had with several other young adults and Laura, and it's just, I just encourage you to listen to it. Hopefully you're able to track along with it. And we thank you so much for being a part of Elevate Overtime. Since we've got a couple of extra people on Zoom today as we're streaming, um, why don't we go around the circle and everybody introduce themselves real quick. Um, give your name, where you're from, and I wanna hear what your favorite uh, flavor of Capri Sun is. So my name is Michael. I'm uh, from Keene, pastor at Elevate, and my favorite flavor of Capri Sun is Mountain Cooler. It's gotta be Mountain Cooler. I'm Candice. And I don't remember the last time I had a Capri Sun. <laughs> but gotta be like punch kind of flavor. Tropical right. punch, maybe. Right. I don't know. There we go. All right. I'm Nikki. I'm from Keene, but I'm in Milwaukee right now. And my favorite flavor is Pacific Cooler. Oh, that's a good one, too. I like that one. <laughs> I'm Jaren. I am from Milwaukee as well. Um, and my favorite kind of Capri Sun is wild cherry when it's frozen, so you can eat it during the summer. It's like really good and refreshing, so that's why. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> nice to meet you, Sharon. I know everybody else on the screen. I also do not have a favorite Capri Sun uh, flavor, probably because we used Capri Sun as a fundraiser one year, my freshman year, and I think I got really sick of Capri Sun. So... <laughs> Walked away. It's one of those that you really like it or you really don't. You know? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Glad to have you guys on for this discussion. And let's dive in. This morning we left off kind of, we looked at the, the biblical perspective of grace and um, how that comes to us uh, from God. And we left it uh, in how do we then um, approach the idea of grace? in our own lives and there were two specific questions and i'm just going to kind of put them out there and then let's talk about them because i think that they go hand in hand um, the first one is what does god expect from me when i can't feel him close and then the second one is how can we overcome emotional barriers when our sins indicate that we are not saved so what does god expect from me when i can't feel him close and how can we overcome emotional barriers when our sins indicate that we are not saved what do y'all think? Those are some deep questions. And um, if the person who asked that is listening, first of all, I hope you're not in some kind of deep pain emotionally because you are feeling far from God. Because I think God is close and always close. And whether we feel that or not, he is still close. So I'm, I'm hoping that you're not in pain and thinking it's your fault because it's really not. I learned a long time ago that if I worried too much about, is God listening to me? Is God listening to me? Um, I put myself under a lot of stress because he is listening inevitably. And 
Um, he's always listening. And I don't believe it does. There are fewer things that would make God happier than to think that I really want to be with him. So that thought right there just gives me comfort to think, I know he wants me close to him and I know he's, he, he knows that I'm searching for him. So I, I can't feel that, you know, that he's not there. Well, and the, the question was like, what does God expect of me? Right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the way it was phrased. And, and just because like, I don't particularly feel close to God at this moment, or, you know, those times when we feel far away, like, like what you were saying, it's not that God is far away. It's just where we are that's making us feel that distance. But I don't think his expectations of us change or necessarily, you know, where he is in that relationship. Like he's still wanting us to seek him and all of that, but he's understanding. Like there's nothing that we can do and the expectations don't change where we can divide that relationship more, you know, like he's going to overpower that. Like he's more powerful than that. I think that kind of plays into what we were talking this morning about the, the prodigal son um, who chose himself to distance himself from the father. Uh, and it can be very, very frightening, though, to feel like we're far from God and to feel that we have a place where uh, I, I'm, I'm distant from God. I'm, I'm somewhere else. And a lot of times we can feel that our sin is a barrier to that or our sins are a barrier to that. Uh, and that's difficult to overcome. And it makes me think about um, Romans chapter seven. I want to read it here. Um, and this may resonate uh, with some of you uh, listening to this. If my Bible will cooperate and I can turn to it. All right. Here we go. Romans chapter seven. Um, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm a flesh holds under the bond of, bondage of sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law confessing that the law is good. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not, but I practice the very evil that I do not want to do. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want to do, I'm no longer the one doing it, but it's the sin that dwells in me. And Paul kind of has this back and forth of like, I'm doing the things I want to do, but I'm, I'm not doing the things that I don't want to do it back and back and forth. And he finishes his statements here with uh, verse 24 of Romans chapter seven, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he finishes it full stop there. And I think in the moments where we maybe feel um, disconnected from God and struggle to feel, okay, what does he want me to do um, when he's not close to me? I think there is a separation that happens, but we balance that with the fact that there's nothing that can separate us from God's love, that there's a temporary separation, but God wants to be close to us. And we have thanks be to Jesus who sets us free from this body of death uh, that we experience and we can live a life of assurance of salvation because of what Jesus has done. I really wanted to touch on something that Laura said earlier. I don't know if I'm repeating anything. Sorry. What you said um, earlier during the sermon, you know, it's, it really is an, an out of body experience when you give grace because it's totally not human. It's not part. I mean, it's not natural for us to do. It's a God thing. 100%. And 
I don't think there's any coincidences, but I had an opportunity today to, to give grace and I didn't want to. And I kind of set, had my mind set on not giving it. It's funny how that works. You know, you kind of get your mind stuck on something. You'll head, no, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say this. I'm going to come back at it with this. But I prayed before I had an interaction with someone. And let me tell you what an out-of-body experience that was. And what you just read, Michael, too, you know, kind of the opposite of what it was saying. Like, what I want to do, I don't do. Like, I totally had my mind set on telling someone off. I know it's Sabbath. It was an awful thing to do. But I was really upset about something. And I was going to tell someone off. And then I had prayed. And then the words that came out of my mouth were not my words. And it was very much one of those things where, you know, the Holy Spirit definitely spoke. And it was a very humbling. Like, it was just, it was just one of those things. It was not me. You know, and then I, I really thank you guys for, for what you shared today. Is that really very powerful, very powerful today. That's wonderful. And, and I, I hear what you're saying. We, we surprise ourselves when we really offer grace, God's grace to people, and we go against that grain of that's not really what I want to do. Um, and we have to do that, I guess, all the time because our natural inclinations are selfish. And that's just the bottom line. Um, we want to take care of ourselves and we want to make ourselves happy. And so when we go outside of that, and put somebody else first, it really is a God thing. Totally a God thing. You know, he's leading and he's giving us the words and, and we're actually doing something contrary to what we would have done naturally. Well, in the Old Testament, wasn't it, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it Absalom that was going to go and curse? Uh, no, not Absalom. That was Balaam. Balaam, yeah. the donkey. That's who it was. Balaam. Yeah, you know, he was going to go out and curse. And then God was like, uh, no. And he was speaking blessings to them instead, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt today. It's one of those things where man kind of put me in my place, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And it's amazing how, how God does that, how he takes the, the wicked, sinful person that I am and somehow recreates me. Uh, and I don't always get it right. And God in his goodness shines through more and uh, brighter in some instances than in other. But we can have assurance of the fact, uh, and this text is coming to mind as, as we're talking about this. First John chapter four, um, verse 10, it says, in this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Uh, and if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it's the love from God that transforms our hearts and transforms our minds and then allows us to extend that to our brother and to our sister. I really liked what Miss um, McCormick said today about grace. I realized I mean, I've known her forever, so I'm pretty sure I've heard her Chris story before, but it really like, it, it hit me that I don't always give grace as much as I should. Um, and it's one of those things where I constantly pray, like my prayer is always like, let me be Jesus to my students today. And sometimes I don't realize um, how much that prayer saves me with my students, you know, cause they, we have our moments, <laughs> you know, with our students, we can, it's easy to get into it with them sometimes, even though it's like they're, they're fourth graders, but it's, 
Um, we spent so much time together that we're just way too close. Um, but I realized today that that prayer also includes grace. Like, let me forgive my students, let them know they, I still love them even when, you know, they mess up or when I mess up. So, yeah. Well, because that's the thing, right, Nikki? Because you can only extend grace when something wrong's been done to you, right? Because it's not grace otherwise. It's, and that's when it gets hard, right? It's because there's actually either been something wrong done to you or someone has, you are in the right usually, you know? And so in order to give grace, you have got to step down. And in our case, you step into your student's shoes. And like Laura was talking about this morning, you know, you, you kind of put yourself in their mindset and then you realize, okay, I'm right, but I need to put myself in their situation, you know? And you're absolutely, yeah. You got to pray, girl, every day. Yeah. That is, it's very real. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting point of view, Caroline. I, the idea that you can't show grace unless something wrong has been done to you, that, that's something to think about. And if that's the case for God, well, I mean, people turned against him, showed grace, Lucifer exalted himself, you know, and, and I know lots of conversations happened in heaven trying to get uh, Lucifer to change that, and that did not happen. Um, so there is there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. Grace comes out of a place of, of wrong. I've well, it's undeserved, it's undeserved mercy is what it is. And in order to need mercy, you either have to have wronged me, you know, to, to, to deserve my grace or, or something I'm involved in in order for me to extend grace to you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's up for discussion, but... Um, I think grace, I, I didn't listen to the sermon this morning, Nikki invited me this afternoon, but grace is such a, a huge part of my Christian journey um, because sometimes I feel like I don't deserve God's grace. I don't know if that relates to anybody else. Sometimes I feel like um, I can forgive people, but like as a Christian, I get this guilt sometimes. It's like, man, I, I know better. I'm supposed to know better, but God has extended this grace. So I should have, these things should have happened to me. And it, it's sometimes hard to for me sometimes to accept the grace that God has given. Um, and I beat myself up when I've done wrong too. And so I, I kind of relate to the question where it was like, what do you do when you don't feel close to God? Like how, how do you react to that? And I turned to David in those moments and see how David was just so raw and authentic with God. Even when he wasn't close to him, David was like, God, I don't feel close to you right now. Or God, I feel so distant from you. And those conversations brought him closer to God. And so I just would say, keep talking to God when you have those moments. Because definitely in my moments of my Christianity, when I feel like God is far away from me, for whatever reason, if I continue having that conversation with him, if I just say, listen, I don't want to do devotionals this morning. I have no desire to pray. Don't want to read Isaiah. Like, that's not what I want to do today. <laughs> when I have those conversations, I'm engaging with Christ and like engaging with my Christian journey. Um, and there's grace in that too, because Christ extends so much grace. And so that's what I have to say about that. I think like something that oftentimes we have a hard time doing is like showing grace to ourselves. And it's like, we're talking about how God gives us grace and how we, you know, we can show grace to ourselves, but there it's, it can almost be harder to do that for ourselves. When we feel like we don't deserve God's grace, it's because of that barrier that like we're putting that we don't, we don't want to give it to ourselves because we don't think that we deserve it. 
And it's like, we put ourselves through so many things that we're not intended for. Like, you know, the, the choices that we make and the things that we feel are causing that division. It's, it's like, we can ask God for forgiveness. And like, I know if I ask God for forgiveness, God's going to forgive me. And if I go sincerely, like he's promised that, and I believe that, but then that doesn't mean that I forgive myself, even though I know that God has. And so it's almost knowing that, yes, God has forgiven me and God has shown me grace, but have I really like, have I let it go and given it to him? Have I actually like shown myself grace, forgiven myself, even though I know God's promised it, like, yeah, he can do it, but like, can I? And I think that that is one of those things that makes us feel the distance as well. That's actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Candace, because that's something I had my, in my notes this morning that we weren't able to get to because of time. Um, and I had this written down. Um, Stop saying things like, I don't deserve God's love. If the champion of heaven left heaven, became a man, loved humanity perfectly, let his own creation murder him, arose and sent you the spirit to live in you, then you deserve it. Receive it. Faith it. Believe it. And like you say, we've got to be kind to ourselves recognize that the God of the universe decided to become a human being, to place himself in a, a moment in time and space where he could love humanity, where he could become the embodiment of grace. And he decided to do all of that so that he could live in a world where humanity could exist and that we could be in a love relationship with him. And that's a, a exactly what the gospel is. And there's nothing that we have to do um, for Jesus to, to do that in our lives. He's already done it. It's already happened. Jesus already died. He's rose again. And all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is step up and receive and accept that, that grace that's extended from God. But the challenge there, and I want to unpack this a little bit more, is that there's some barriers to receiving that, that we can place on ourselves. And I'm curious if anybody has had an experience or would like to share about how maybe they've come overcome those emotional barriers or overcome something and come to a fuller understanding of that realization of grace in their own life. I worked at summer camp. I don't know if anybody else worked at summer camp. Mm -hmm. I was a counselor for like six years. Um, in my second year counseling, I had this cabin that I, I'm sure was trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> they were, that was their goal in life. But I remember um, thinking that I was doing everything wrong with this cabin. Like nothing was going right. They weren't following in line. They were making noise during line call. Like it was not working. Like during campfire, they would be messing around and I would be like, it's not, it's not working. It's, it's falling apart for me. Um, and I felt like such a failure because I was hired to do this job. I I have the skills, I went through staff training, we prayed about it, we are in staff worship. And I remember that one day everything clicked, like Saturday, everything clicked. And like, as the kids were leaving, they were giving hugs and being like, this is the best week ever. I've never had more fun than this week. You're so awesome, Jaron. And I was like, oh, that's, that's God. He just, he just made it happen. It, it had nothing to do with me. He just, he made it click and it, he made it understood. And like, that's how God, is with me like he sees my worth and he works through it like even though i was not i felt like i wasn't on 10 this week god infused himself into me and did it and in my personal life that's how it works too like i present the best i have but christ comes through and does the rest and that's happened so many times in my life that i'm like oh it christ just wants me to be me with him and he can do the rest 
And because he's done that so much, it's like, oh, that's that's it. He just wants you to, to love him and then it will it will work. And it's easy to say, but it's hard to practice because even now, years after I've counseled in my job, I still sometimes feel like, man, I'm not worth it. I, I'm not worth my job. I can't get things right. And then all of a sudden he comes in and infuses himself and it's amazing. And so that's the way that I've experienced it. I mean, we have a lot of teachers here, so it'll, it's gonna, <laughs> we're gonna circle back to that a lot. But as a teacher, <laughs> um, a lot of the times, like seeing grace between students or, you know, that I show to students or that students show me, like seeing how the relationship builds because, you know, you have this year together. And in that year, there are a lot of opportunities for mistakes. I mean, that's what you're at school for. I mean, that's what they're at school for is, you know, you make mistakes, you learn from them and, and you're growing and you're changing. And so to be a part of that process and kind of watching that develop as they're learning how to, you know, deal with when someone mistreats them, you know, to deal with when things go wrong and just kind of watching that almost from the outside, you know, every so often you're, you're pulled in, but a lot of the things as a teacher, you're, you get to watch and you get to see as people go through that process, like of the process of how do I respond to this? Do I go, you know, talk bad about them to my friend? Do I go talk to them directly? Like, do I show them respect or do I, you know, hit them back? And kind of like watching that process has almost changed the way that I've learned to interact with people by like watching kids learn how. And it's like, that's, it's so important to learn how to show grace, to learn how to communicate in a gracious way and just how to interact with people that's, that's respect. And that shows those things because it, it get, it's a give and a take and being able to give it to yourself, to give it to others and to recognize it kind of opens your eyes to how often grace is necessary and like how many opportunities were given in a day to show grace, like how often do we miss it? And mm -hmm. how often do we let the natural instincts take over and we feel justified and we feel, you know, in the moment, yeah, that I, you know, they deserved it. And then looking back, like, man, I, I missed an opportunity. I missed that chance. Mm -hmm. And so in watching that in other people, it's really kind of changed my perspective on that. Like, I don't, I don't wanna miss a moment to show grace. I, I want to take those for what they are. And I think that just comes in surrendering, like like God open my eyes to those moments and don't let me miss them. Mm -hmm. yep. So I come from a broken family. My dad left when, oh, I think I was going to high school. And it's been a real sketchy relationship. You know, like mm -hmm. he never called. It's not us that didn't call. It was him that left and him that really retreated. And so... I had an opportunity today. He called me for the first time in, I don't know how long, and was said, hey, I want to come see you. You better believe I have every right to be like, mm, no, thank you. And that's what I wanted to do. I for sure wanted to be like, no, you have chosen to not be in this part of my life, you know, and um, man, it took prayer. And you know what you were saying, Candice, you don't want to miss that opportunity and it takes surrendering. Is that ever true, girl? Because it took every fiber of my being to surrender. Mm. You know, because you want to say some ugly things. And Michael, I think of, I think of Melissa. You know, she has every right to hold so many grudges. But it takes that daily surrender 
and that daily of God, you've got to, you've got to do it. Cause I can't, you know, and <clears throat> listen, praise God because he opened the door and I had nothing but forgiveness. And I really saw him in like God's eyes. And it was, that's what it was, it was that out of body. Like I had every right to say some awful things. And, um, like I, like I brought him to tears because I said, it's okay. Like, just drop it. You know, let's move past. Let's move on with our lives. I forgive you. Let's move on. And I'm telling you, God has some impeccable timing with your message this morning. And then that knock on my door, it was just some powerful reminding of how easily our grace or the excuse me, the grace that God gives us, if we extend his grace to other people, how it can change lives, mm -hmm. you know, and how um, it changes us in the process. Because not only can I more confidently say that I have let things go and, you know, I can move on with my life. Now he can move on and he can let go of things that have really been demons in his life. You know, and you think how it's, how freeing it is yeah. for the person giving the grace and the person receiving the grace. And sometimes, you know, we think the person receiving the grace is getting is getting more of the bargain. I say, well, they're getting let off easy. But you know what? I don't. I don't know. I think for us giving it, it's more um, we're able to get a glimpse of what God feels. Sometimes we we get a glimpse of how God loves us that much more to say, you know what? Yeah. You screwed up. You messed up, but I love you anyways. You know, let's put it behind us and let's move forward. And, and now like as a mom, now I have this new perspective that that's grace enough that God let me have a kid. Let me tell you that. And just this little booger running around out here. It's like, man, you know, how do we, how do I even deserve to be a parent? And now, you know, we get the opportunity to extend grace to him every single day when he throws wooden balls at our heads, you know, and, <laughs> but I, I really, I really believe in God's timing and, and your message today was really God's timing. And I really, I really appreciate you letting God use you guys. And, um, it was very powerful today. So. That, that was an amazing story and an amazing share, Caroline. I'm so proud of you. And I, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you did the hard thing there and that you let God speak to you because you're right. Doing the other just eats you up. And, and later on you regret it and then you have to live with it and you have to justify it. And there is a lot of freedom in what you did today and and you're going to be the one blessed by that for a very long time we're not we're we're not meant we're not created to live life with broken relationships uh and that's what sin truly is is a broken relationship when adam and eve chose to step away from god they broke their relational trust with god and that had huge ramifications for um, the rest of humanity and caroline thank you for sharing uh, your testimony um, and I think we should always be on the lookout for the people with sad eyes, always be looking out for the people that um, are in need of a little bit of grace in their lives. Uh, and I 
Caroline, you mentioned earlier that in order to extend grace, you have to, there has to be something wrong between you and I. Um, I think we can extend grace to someone even if they haven't wronged me. There maybe has been a wrong done or something, but I can step up and be grace in their lives in a way that will um, completely change them and transform them. Um, and you mentioned uh, my wife Melissa's story, um, and I feel just for context, because we got a couple of people watching um, who may not know. Um, my wife, uh, Melissa, uh, when she was um, about 10 years old, our family were student missionary or a missionary family in the island of Palau, um, and someone broke into their house um, around Christmas time um, and ended up killing um, her father and mother and her brother uh, when she was 10 years old. And that just, you know, rocked her world completely. She's halfway around the world, 10 year old girl. Uh, and uh, she was ended up being able to, to be safe out of the whole situation. And God really had her hand on her heart. Um, but Grace showed up in that situation through her grandmother in particular, because her grandmother flew all the way around the world. I think she was getting ready to move to Africa from Mexico. And she flew the other way. And at the, the national uh, funeral that they had on the island of Palau for Melissa's family, um, her grandmother stood up and invited the other, the mother of the murderer to come forward. And she says, we are two mothers grieving for a lost son. And extended forgiveness towards her. And almost, uh, it's like 17 years later, the island still talks about that moment, still talks about what it meant for grace to be extended to her, forgiveness to be extended to Justin, the man that killed uh, Melissa's family. And we had a chance to go back to Palau um, a year and a half ago now, um, December 2018. And it was the first time I had been back, first time Melissa, or not that I had been back, first time that I had the chance to go, first time Melissa had been back. And it was so healing to hear people's experiences of how Melissa's family had impacted them and how the grace of her family had touched their lives and the, the grace of the whole experience had, had touched them. Uh, and then we got to talking uh, as a family that uh, the guy who murdered her family is still in jail on the island. And there's the, the chance that we could go meet him face to face. And I had to stay, take, take a step back at that moment because it's like, wow. This guy who's caused so much pain and hurt in my wife's life um, is, is here and we could meet him. And we prayed about it. We talked about it as a family and said, no, it would be, it would be a shame to go all the way halfway around the world um, and not meet him face to face and at least pray with him um, and for him. And he had actually made a life change um, about uh, four years ago now in 2016. He actually um, decided to be baptized and was leading Bible studies in the jail and all this amazing things, life changed on him. And it, he really came to a full understanding of what he'd done and the consequences of his actions and all those things. And so we were able to set up a meeting with him. And I remember being in that room uh, and it's Palau, it's not the United States. So he's just kind of on the other side of a table. We're on the other side of one. There's a police officer kind of standing over uh, in the corner. It's very low key. Um, and we sat down across the table from him and spent about a half an hour and he shared with us um, his pain um, and his, uh, um, his remorse for what he had done. Uh, and then we as a family, Melissa and I and her grandparents and several other family friends were there and were able to again extend grace to him um, and say, what happened wasn't okay. But anything that we say or do isn't going to bring her family back. But what we can do in this moment is extend grace and forgiveness again and pray for you and your journey. Because we're, uh, and I remember Melissa saying in that moment, we're sinners just like you. We're no better than, than you are, but uh, we, because of what Jesus has done for us, then we can extend uh, grace to you. Uh, 
Um, and that I have never felt the Holy Spirit closer um, than in that moment in uh, a family meeting room in a jail on the island of Palau. Um, it just it leaves me awestruck and gives me chills every time I think about it because there wasn't anything other but the Spirit of God in that place and the reconciliation. And it doesn't mean that everything comes back to hunky-dory and all of a sudden this guy is our best pal and everything. No, there are certain barriers that are crossed and broken down. That's, that's it. But we as Christians, because we serve the master um, grace maker, the one who personified grace for us, because we serve him, we have no choice but to walk in the way of Jesus and extend grace towards others. Uh, and that, I think, is no better example. Um, there can be no better example other than uh, a broken human being extending the grace that they've received from God to another broken human being. Thought I'd just drop that all on you guys. Caroline and I are just like, boom. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Um, the big shows of grace, and, and those are big shows of grace, because you have lost so much. And, and you have to step up with that forgiveness and with that mercy. Um, and it is, it kind of takes your breath away and there's really no words. Um, but I'm, I'm absolutely sure that every time that happened, the person who showed the grace walks away with the biggest gift. Mm -hmm. Because that, that freedom that Caroline was talking about, that lifting of that weight, um, you have you have released something so heavy, and, and that's amazing. We talk about how like the gift of God's grace, how like that's a gift to it, but it's also like a gift to be able to pass it on. Like in what you're saying, just the ability to be able to share that what I've felt from God towards someone else with someone else is is a blessing for us. It's a blessing. It's just that ripple effect. And that's a part of the gift. Everything that's given to us through God, the fact that we are able to share that to pass that on is such a big part of the blessing. And it's like for to miss out on that is is so so sad too. Like you want people to experience it. Like no, not just receiving grace, but sharing it is so powerful and life changing. It it changes your perspective. So last question I want to ask you guys um, as we kind of bring this conversation kind of to a wrap in some ways uh, is how do how do we practically go about sharing grace? with those around us. Um, Laura and I alluded to that a little bit this morning, um, but I wanted to spend some time and get y'all's perspective this afternoon of how we practically extend grace in 2020, May 2020, uh, with everything that's going on in the world. How do we extend grace? And I'm going to go back to that Bible passage, John 1, um, light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehend it not. I think we have to be that light. I, I, it's, it's not a natural thing and it's not an easy thing. And we live in such a broken, broken place right now. This country of ours, this, this world needs healing in so many ways. And sometimes I guess we forget because we're one person, you know, and you start thinking, what does one person do? What, how can one person make a change? But that extension of grace and that, that that shining of a light wherever we go, I think it's important. Uh, something I'd like to 
that kind of helps me when I remember to do it, right, is I like to, okay, I used to listen to Adventures in Odyssey a lot as a kid, okay? And there was this one episode where Mr. Whitaker made an invention where you could be in someone else's shoes. You could literally, like, you're looking through their eyes, you're walking around as that person, but you're not that person, and you're living life as that person. And so oftentimes I like to, when something's upset me, when something's really making, you know, grinding my gears, I really like to put myself, I know it's kind of cliche to say, put yourself in other people's shoes, but like to, I like to think of it very literally. I like, like, think about if I were to step into these people's clothes and go about their day and walk around like them, what is it that made them say what they just said to me? Or what is it that really made them so angry? Or what makes them think that they can treat me a certain way or whatever it is? But it really is, I, I, I oftentimes try to literally put my mind in a state of like, I wonder if I was in their shoes, what they're going through. And that often helps. And again, even in the classroom, you know, what is my little seven-year-old going through that is so major in their world right now to make them act out that way? You know, what made your Chris do that? He's not seven, but you know, what, what, what made him react that way? And I don't know, that helps. Yeah. I think as we, as we, it's kind of the do, do to others as you would want to be treated is kind of another way to put that stepping into somebody else's shoes. And it really helps us shape perspective on seeing the world from somebody else's eyes and to see, okay, I could see how this person was mistreated. And I wouldn't like to be treated that way. So when I'm in the, when I have the opportunity to, when I'm the other person and I see someone that's in that situation, step up and be like, oh yeah, I definitely don't want to be treated that way. And so I'm going to treat that person with love and respect and extend the grace that God has given me to that other person. I have this friend in college who I he wasn't a friend. I just disliked him as a person. And I was like, I don't like you because you hang out with certain people. It was college and I had not fully formed into a good Christian. It's fine. So um, <laughs> I was there. Um, and Dr. Seuss has the saying that you can learn to love anybody once you hear their story. And I think as a Christian, sometimes if you just sit down and talk to somebody and talk to them about who they are, it allows grace to flow easier. And even you sitting down and asking somebody about their story is extending a partial piece of, piece of grace and then more and more. And I think if we take the time to sit down and talk to people, it can happen, especially in this climate that we're in of craziness right now. Um, if you just sat down and like listened to someone's story and heard them out and said like, oh, I hear where you're coming from. Wow, I relate to you now. And mm -hmm. I feel like I can better extend grace. Like we, sometimes we're not there at the beginning, but sometimes if we sit down and listen and have that door open, we can engage in that way. So I think that's a practical way of doing it. Absolutely. That's very wise, Jaren. It's very wise. And I, and I think you, you just kind of hit the nail on the head because many times we're so, I don't know what it is, uh, inhibited to talk with people about their problems because we think, I don't have those problems. You know, I don't know the problem. I've, I haven't lived that problem. And so we just shut up and we don't speak at all and we just hope for the best you know and give them little thumbs up on social media and that just feels so trite but i think that you are very wise i think just going to someone and saying i just want to hear your story share your story with me i value you and i value who you are and i want to know 
what your story is. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful way to open doors for conversation and just listen. You know, um, many times people who are going through things like, like right now, they don't need your advice and they don't need, you know, some kind of platitude or some kind of quote. They really just sometimes want to speak their mind and they just need to be heard. And so I, I think that's excellent advice, Jaren. Laura, I want to ask you, I don't know if you have your notes from this morning in front of you, if you've got that African poem or oh, proverb yeah. that if you could share... I think I that, that ties it. in exactly um, with what Darren just shared. I found this poem. See, all of us who work with students, we're, all, we're always in these challenging student situations. I found this poem because um, I had a student once who recorded me. So I didn't know I was being recorded because he wanted to use that against <laughs> me. And um, I was sitting in the class. I was sitting in my chair and running something in the classroom, and he was recording me proved to his mother that I was lazy and no good and and all of this and and then he posted that video you know with all kinds of great things he was saying about me and I found out I had a conversation with him and he was very um whatever you know sorry whatever and I thought he doesn't see me as a person you know he sees me as a teacher only and he sees me in a very volatile way and he doesn't see me as a person so this is when I found this proverb I remember reading it to him <laughs> specifically and then since that time I've used this many many times in the classroom when I see my students going after each other going after me because we're not seeing each other as humans this is an African proverb and it goes like this when he was far away I was afraid he might be a monster when he came nearer I thought he was an animal when he came even closer, I discovered that he was a human being. And when we were face to face, I realized that he was my brother. That's powerful, right? And it's so true. Who is out there among us doesn't have more in common with us than not? We, we are all children of God. And when we start sitting down and telling those stories that you were talking about, Jaren, we realize that you have a story that's not exactly like mine, but I have something like that. And she has a story that's not exactly like yours, but she's walked something. We've all had pain, you know, and, and we've all been rejected in some way. And, and we've all felt that. So we just have to stop and look closely enough and listen to each other's stories. For sure. Yeah. As I step closer into somebody else's story and experience, they realize how and why they're reacting in particular ways. Um, and to speak real practically, we look at the, the world around us right now where there's so much unrest politically and racially, and you look at all the riots that are happening in particular towns, and all of a sudden you could say like, oh, well, it's, it's horrible for um, all the rioting to happen and all the, the, the destruction and everything else that's going on. Um, but you realize that there's been a group of people that has systemically been silenced. And so the way that they are voicing their frustration in the only way that some people will pay attention to them is through demonstrations of violence and protests and this, that, and the other thing. Now, does that make that necessarily right? It's probably not the best, but when someone's in the middle of that, I, it's not for me to come around and be like, that was, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. 
what if we as a society step back and said, can we listen to the people that have been oppressed by the systems? Can we listen to your experience? Can we listen to hear um, how you have generationally been mistreated because of the color of your skin? And when we do that, we realize, and I think that my experience at seminary was great because I've uh, interacted with people from all over the world with um, all sorts of different skin tones because they've been out in the sun longer or not or whatnot. They just have different backgrounds. And it was incredible to hear their stories and to sit down, to sit down beside someone and have them tell me, listen, my great grandmother, she was a slave on a plantation. And this is how that has affected my life. And it, it, it blew my mind because I, I grew up in a, in a monocultural home in mostly monocultural um, settings. And it wasn't until seminary that I had the largest ex exposure to multiple ethnic backgrounds and everything else. And it made me realize, wow, that person's story is just as valid as mine. Um, it may be even more valid because I'm the one sitting here listening and it changes our perspective and it allows us to step up to the plate when we have the opportunity to be gracious towards somebody else who's been systemically looked down upon to offer that grace and a little bit of hope and maybe stem the tide not for everybody, but at least for their life. Thank you guys so much uh, for your conversation and for your input this afternoon. Um, I think we'll leave it there unless anybody has anything else that they'd like to add. Spencer's showing up. <laughs> He's a cutie. Sorry, I was moving around. I had to get something together for him to eat or else we get angry Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want angry Spencer. We want gracious Spencer. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining in. And for those of you that were watching on the live stream, um, appreciate that um, you were able to be here with us as well. Um, Jared, would you mind uh, closing us with a word of prayer? I sure can. Right. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace that extends wide ears and bounds more than we can even comprehend. As we go into this week, uh, help us to Remember to listen to people's stories and extend grace to ourselves. Guide us and bless us. Be with the world. Um, keep it in your hands. In your name, amen. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know, it really touched my heart to hear everybody share about how God's grace has impacted their own lives. And you've probably got a story to share as well. God's grace is what transforms our lives and allows us to love the people around us. So I encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, to experience God's grace anew, to try God's grace. He loves you. He's forgiven you. He wants to spend the rest of his life with you, and he's longing for you to be in his presence. Just give him a try. As always, thank you for sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear it. And it's the last episode of the Overtime Sessions for now. So thank you so much for listening over these past few weeks, and I look forward to being with you in the coming seasons of Elevate Retake.